Hey, Joe, what's your favorite Stephen Day holiday song? <sighs> Probably that one holiday song he released uh, several years ago. It's been a year. It has been a year. That's the song. That's the name of the song. Yeah. And that was the cold open. What were you just counting to? I was just using a test audio. I was you rota- forgot to go to the next number. One two three four. One two three four. One two three four. One two three. Four. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. One two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen. Today we are ranking our movies of movies that we watched that also came out in the year 2022. This a- is uh, AD. A.D. Not B.C.E. like you communist. A.D. The, the year, year of, of our, our Lord. Lord. <laughs> um, so movies that came out in 2022 that we watched. How are we ranking them? I meant What's C.E. The, not B.C.E. I'm sorry. The, oh. Colin era. Um, Doesn't matter. It's A.D. anyway. Sorry. Go ahead. What are we doing? We're ranking 2022 movies. Yes. This is our 2022 ranked. And you know what? Maybe we talked about a movie that, in, in a former episode, that we're not listing on this. Please remind me, because my memory is garbage. Also, and, we might be re-talking about a movie we've already talked about, because we forgot we talked about it on another episode. Yep. We are really bad at this. Yeah. And that's in the name. Yeah. So suck it this up, This is Buttercup. what you've signed up for. If you're subscribed to this, you're dumb. You're an idiot. Yeah. But please stay subscribed, and subscribe to our Patreon. Um, we would It helps support what we do. And you get extra perks and benefits. And um, you should call 918-268-6337. Leave a voicemail. You should go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars, preferably. Um, And you should... What should I do, Joe? You should also tell us your favorite movie of 2022. Yeah, comment that. Either on the Facebook post, the Instagram post, the Spotify. YouTube videos. You can't comment on Spotify. Well, but you try hard enough. You can leave us a voicemail and tell us at 918-268-6337. And you can also uh, just like shout it into the void. Also, yeah. you should probably adopt a child if you have the means. Zephyr, what's your number one ranked movie of the year? Shouldn't we start at the bottom? I guess that's more dramatic, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. are we going all of the movies that we watched ranked or a top ten ranked? I'm doing all of them, but you can just do top. I'm going to do all of them. I only have twelve. All right, so. I'm going to do all of them because I have nineteen. And uh, you know, it's funny for guys that have a movie podcast. The fact that we've only watched twelve and nineteen movies this year that came out this year is kind of sad. Although yeah. you and me have probably each watched like at least like. Oh, 90 movies. Watched this year, plenty of but movies this not year. Not ones that came out because I just don't care about things that come out. When I see a movie in the theater, I think, am I going to go alone? Probably not. Am I going to go to Megan's? Like, am I, I going to take Megan? Maybe. If we don't, then I probably won't watch it unless I'm by myself with a streaming service uh, that I happen to have access I to. I will say that's not, that's nice is that a lot of the movies now instead of they release in theaters the same time they release on like HBO Max yeah it's kind of cool it kind of sucks because I love theaters and I hope they don't die but it is convenient for me All right, I'm going to start at the bottom I have more movies than you so I'm going to go ahead and do two these are the two worst movies I saw this year I hate these I hate them like both of these movies I hate yeah I'm I'm telling you man I hate them okay Okay. the worst movie I saw this year was Jurassic World Dominion is that on your list no you didn't see it I didn't watch it because I heard it was bad. Did you see the first one? Jurassic I thought, World? I, thought, I watched Jurassic World. Did you see I, the second one? No. All right. Okay. Well, you're, you've you missed a lot, man. I don't feel like I have. No, I you was have. like, I watched the first you one have, and I said, dude. I get it. No, 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 no. You don't get it. If you only watched the first one, you don't get it, man. You okay. don't understand. The first one was okay. It was all right. It was solid. You told me about the third one, and I said, I don't want to watch it. Tell you what, I don't know which I hate more, the sec- the third one or the second one. They both are terrible and so yeah. stupid, and I think I've talked about it before. The first Jurassic World was okay. It was a it was a by-the-book legacy sequel, where it's a soft reboot, but it's a sequel. Yeah. 
you know, that whole thing. The Force Awakens. It's the Force Awakens with dinosaurs. Yeah. And and they did it like you do. You have the nostalgia moments for the, where they, the old banner falls and the T-Rex and everything. But they also. And this Jurassic World is a perfect example of a soft reboot that completely misunderstands the point of the original. The whole theme of the first Jurassic Park movie is that it was a bad idea. Like the theme is that you don't mess with nature. Like the the hubris being the yes. downfall of humanity that we think we can use nature as our plaything, yes. and that it has a you know life finds a way that whole thing right. It's yeah. the fact that it was a bad idea for Hammond and his goons to bring back man eating dinosaurs from the grave. That's a bad yeah. idea. That's the point. Okay, is that these things are, like we're not we we're not God and we don't have that power. But in Jurassic World, all three of them, by the way. The T-Rex is the good guy. And they do that for nostalgia because the T-Rex was the big scary villain in the original. So in the new ones, they have a bigger, worse villain that's like a genetically engineered dinosaur, which props to them. That is also that sticks with the theme. Oh, don't genetically modify creatures. That's, you know, whatever. But then they make the savior be the T-Rex. Because it makes us feel nostalgic about the original Jurassic yeah. Park movies. It's so dumb. I hate these movies. When I would like to make a note. Okay. On the second one, you know, you had oh, nature, one. the original message, one of the original themes being that uh, nature is not to be messed with. Like, you cannot triumph over something that is longstanding before yeah. your understanding of it. Um, so whenever you go ahead and create something to try and surpass that, you're creating something of an even greater um mark than it's a its predecessor and it is it is incredibly egotistic to think that you still surpass that one thing it is just doing its that theme it's probably what it's designed to do that theme kind of applies to all these legacy sequels yeah it's like the pride that you think you stand taller than <laughs> the, than the, the original star wars trilogy <laughs> yeah exactly and and even with Jurassic Park like that like you Nature, which in most aspects, most parts of nature continue to triumph over humanity. And when they do, they are not the bad guys. They are just doing what they are innately designed to do. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that I love so much about the original Jurassic Park. And I'm sorry to get all Christian on you. It happens every other episode. But like like a, a central Christian doctrine that has been developed over 2000 years is the and longer in Judaism yeah. is the dominion mandate that God gives yeah. in Genesis, right? That our job is to subdue the earth yeah. and as humans we're to cultivate it and, and have yeah. dominion over it. And we do that. There's a difference between dominion and domination, yeah. which is a thing Tolkien talks about. Dominion is good. That's what the hobbits do. They like farm the land. They live with the land. Yeah. They have dominion over they they're in charge. Yeah. But they work with the land. Whereas Saruman dominates it. He just cuts down forests and he deforests yeah. places and burns everything because yeah. he sucks. And he doesn't know how to work with nature. And that's what Jurassic Park is about. The way humans are supposed to work is yeah, we build towns, we build cities, we cultivate uh civilization in a way that coincides with nature the way it's supposed to work but when we surpass our when we step outside of our our god-given rights as what we're supposed to do when we try to build a tower of babel and build our way to heaven then we're cast down and there's consequences that's what's so great about jurassic park and it's jurassic world just completely misses that all that to say the first jurassic world is still a solid action movie it's still fun i'd give it a seven out of ten it's fine as a movie, yeah. the second one is so dumb and poorly written that I'm amazed it was written by Hollywood screenwriters. And then the third one is even worse. And they try to do the nostalgia grab by bringing back the original cast, but then they don't have anything important for them to do. And so they just hang around. And then there's a bunch of goofy lines. And the, the dinosaurs team up at the end to fight a helicopter. I hate it. It's bad. It's dumb. Um, and it rotted my brain cells. That is, yeah. I'm going to give it a 95, and that's the worst movie I saw this year. Um, I think if you're, it, you told me a large chunk of the plot of that movie. Yeah. And it sounds like it would be a very cool movie if you were such a passive moviegoer. Like, if you are, whenever you go to Google and you look up a movie and it says 97% of Google users rated this positively, 
that's one of you. The other one of you, like, you liked it enough to say, meh, yeah, I guess, that you fit into that category. <laughs> and you'd probably, you'd probably, <laughs> you'd probably like that movie. And that's okay. That's Look, not a problem. Yeah, I'm not trying to crap on you. If you like Jurassic World Dominion, go watch it. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just telling you that I went and saw that in the theater and wanted my money back. I yeah. hate it. it was like it encapsulated everything I hate about modern cash grab movies, like reboot, crowd pleaser, dumb movies. And then this, the second worst movie I saw this year was Uncharted. It's like trying to be Indiana Jones, but without everything that makes it good. Yeah. And the whole movie's filmed on a green screen. It's like the Star Wars prequels of Indiana Jones if it was written by a toddler chimpanzee. And I give this movie <laughs> eight eighty eight. Okay, so this okay. is a 12 out of 100. And I'm going to, I actually wrote a review on Letterboxd and I'm going to read it. Yeah. And it says, I don't know how to find my Zeph Foster reviews. Uh, Uncharted. It's like if Raiders of the Lost Ark and National Treasure had a baby, except if both movies were dumb and lame and boring. <laughs> Literally, please don't watch this. That's my review of Uncharted. It gets yeah. an, uh, uh, what did I give it? One and a half stars? That's two. No, I gave it one star. I lowered it afterward. Uh, can yeah, you 89. pause the recording real quick? I can do that. Goodbye, everyone. All right. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Joe, that's what I thought of those two movies. Uh, they're bad, and I'm sorry if you liked them. I know I offended some people when I talked about The Purge because um, there's some fans of The Purge out there. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that in this episode. So I just want to say if you like those two movies I just mentioned, you know, it's nothing personal. That This yeah. podcast is just... Uh, it's worthless. So, Joe, yeah. give me your worst movie of this year. Yeah. Um, of what you saw. Before I get into that, I just want to say, we might dog on movies. We have opinions about movies. Dude, I, we got, that, we got is, that dog in us. We got that dog in us. <laughs> and what that dog be doing? It'd be criticizing movies. and <laughs> The dog be putting on his critical thinking hat. <laughs> <laughs> that dog be reading uh, Roger Ebert reviews. <laughs> yeah. that, dog, that dog be reading the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> Sun-Times. Was it the Sun-Times or the Tribune? I think it was the Tribune. I don't know. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not qualified to do this. It's not like I'm getting paid, so who cares? Here's the thing. You're getting getting paid by your fiance. I am. Megan, I love you so much. I cannot wait to marry you. Um, We criticize a lot of movies and art is subjective. So I have the right to criticize it just as much as you have the right to criticize me for criticizing it. And here's the thing. I don't care and neither should you. Who cares? That being said, even though I'm critical about this, like, movies... I'm also an incredibly passive movie watcher half of the time. If I watch something, I'll go, neat. And then I'll think about it and I'll go, okay, now I have opinions. Two, three days later, a week later, if I watch it again, then some you know, really core concepts begin to like cement themselves down. And even with that, even with my passive movie-going experience, I'm incredibly stingy with my time. You know how many times on this podcast where you have said, uh, just this episode, the last episode where he said, have you watched this? And I said, I didn't want to, cause I heard it was bad. If I know I'm not going to like it, then I won't give my time for it. Yeah. Like I won't give my time to it because it doesn't deserve it. Well, even though I'm about to talk about my worst rated movie and even on that movie, which we've talked about on this podcast it was okay. So <laughs> let me say something that might, might flatter you. Okay? okay. I don't mean to make your heart all fuzzy, but it might do okay. this. I trust your opinion on movies more than any other person on earth. Thank you. So you know what I mean? Much. And I'm sure it's probably similar for me. We have uh-huh. we, we have overlap in the sense that it is. I can't think of anyone. It's not like we disagree on movies all the time and there's things we don't. But there's yeah. no one else that I would be like, he if he says it's good, yeah. I probably will like it. Or if he says it's bad, I probably yeah. will hate it. Like you, I don't know. There's no, even my wife, we have a more disparate taste yeah. than you and me do. And so, um with you, you, I will tell you my honest opinion about yes. something. I'm going to be very transparent. Same about Same with you. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And so I know, and I know the places where, like, I know there's some movies you like and I don't, and I like that you don't. Yeah. And I, I know enough about both our tastes to know that I can say I love this movie, but you'll probably just think it's okay. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? So that's when yeah. I say, I like, I trust your opinion more than anyone yeah. on movies. And that being said... There are even still sometimes you will highly recommend something to me and I'm too lazy to watch it. <laughs> That's how lazy I am with me. And the same yeah. for you. Yeah. My favorite, we'll get there, but my favorite movie of this year, we watched the first half together and then you just didn't finish it and I didn't blame you. I was like, whatever. 
you know, like I loved it. Yeah. I've seen it th- three or four times this year. Yeah. And I know that I know how I am with movies. It's like somebody yeah. could be like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. It changed my life. And I'll be like, I'll get to it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's like, yeah. It's hard to like, you know, you, there's a lot you can do in an hour and a half to three hours. Like that's valuable time that if you get off work at five, that is most of your evening. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. Plus I got, you know, like I'm, if I want to go to the gym or I'm helping my wife make yeah. dinner or I have other crap to work. It's like, you know, maybe we should just try to find jobs where we can watch movies at work all day. We should. It's just become our job. There's a way to do that. And that's if everyone who listens goes to our Patreon and pledges a thousand dollars a month, <laughs> then we can do this full time. Because we, have, based on how many listeners we get on average, if yeah. each of you pledged a thousand dollars a month, you know, like a like most of your salary or under yeah. under half, then you know, then we could do it. So just yeah. go do that. So here's the thing: if you want this podcast to be better, that's on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have no room to complain because you're not paying for this. We don't get paid for this. this is out of our free. It is. 11.30 p.m. on a Monday. And, yeah, there are only two people who can complain about this podcast. That's Megan and Zachariah. Yes. Because they are patrons. Yes. By the way, Zachariah subscribed on Patreon, so shout out to him. Hey, thanks. Z-Dog 2. You're Z-Dog 1. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Um, what's your worst movie of this My year? worst movie. And like I said, I am lazy and passive enough that on my first watch, I'll go, Meh, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was, is not a bad movie. Is that what you're saying? It's. I think this is where we disagree because I think you dislike this movie a lot more than I did. Oh, okay. I get you. I know what it is. Uh, it's Don't Worry, Darling. That's also the next one on my list. So we can just talk about yeah. it now. Um, it's my number 17. I uh, uh, This is on a first view. I've only seen it once. And then we have talked about it. I've since thought about it. On a first view, I was in the theater. I went, this is very interesting. It's a very fascinating movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, neat, cool. Huh? Huh. Cool. That was my that was my okay. train of thought. I'll give I'll give you that. That was pretty much my train of thought too. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. We don't have to. We have too many movies to dive yeah. into the whole premise. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an episode on it. Um, but uh, I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was the worst thing ever. Yeah. I think it was very poorly executed. It was well. It was pretty well directed. It was yeah. very well shot. Yeah. Very well acted. Whoever was their uh, director of photography. Yeah. Did a great job. And it was very well acted. And the premise was really cool. Okay. Yeah. This also kind of gets a little bit into the message versus theme thing. Yeah. But the message wasn't clear enough. That was almost like a knock against it because it was like it was trying to say something, but then I didn't. It wasn't clear about like it's kind of sloppy with it. Yeah. But that that doesn't matter. What for me? What it was was. It felt like a Twilight Zone episode, which I love. It's my favorite show ever. Yeah. I love the cool premise, the creepy twists, the weird twists and turns, the mysteriousness of it. Yeah. And But then it ended up to me feeling like it was trying to be a Jordan Peele movie that just didn't have his talent, I guess. Because yeah. it didn't all tie together in the end. The twist didn't make sense. And spoiler alert, this is my thoughts, okay? Joe can uh, well, you say Well, you say what you were going to say first. Um, obviously, we I watched it. You watched it. We messaged about it a little bit. We've since talked about it. I've thought about it. There, I think there are issues with the movie. I'm not at all disregarding those. Mm-hmm. I think, like like you had said, like there are some things that they could have stuck the landing on. I think it was poorly yeah. executed in a lot of areas. But I am not paying a ticket to think for two hours. Sure, I'm paying fair to enough. Watch. Fair enough. And, and as a viewing experience, it was a ride. As it was a fun. viewing experience, it was solid fair i will absolutely but given the time to think about it it does it, it receives negative yeah. feedback in my brain so I, I think i can sum it up like that my negative yeah. experience with that is the the that the thing that made me think it was dumb was a couple things one <laughs> that the um twist did not explain the rest of the movie generally in one of these movies weird stuff keeps happening like take an image in night Shyamalan movie the village weird stuff is happening and then the twist happens and everything makes sense yeah this happened the twist happened and nothing still made sense like all the weird stuff that had been happening throughout the movie yeah were just like hallucinations i guess because it didn't tie into what the twist was and then the twist also like i didn't understand really what it was trying to say because yeah. it was like oh these men like obviously it was like men and the subjugation of women was a theme. It was yeah. a very heavy theme. But then 
It didn't make sense. Like, spoiler alert? Uh, yeah, spoilers from here on out. The twist is that the whole thing's a simulation, like a video game that guys kidnap and put their wives into, or women into, maybe not their wives, and then they... Uh, they brainwash them the, to live in a simulation where of they're just housewives, housewives and idealistic 1950s. But America. the guys still have to leave for work every day in the simulation. And in real life, what they're doing is going to real work. And so they basically so they get zero sleep, pay rent, right? So that they can bills. pay for the simulation. Yeah. And my question is, and the example it gives us is Harry Styles of a guy who's like a bum. He's an incel. He's an incel who listens to Joe Rogan is what yeah. they're trying to get at. And then he's, he buys Joe Rogan's simulation and puts his wife in it. And so now he can be the chat he always wanted to be. Mike, but the thing that does not make sense is that, that the picture it paints of his life now is not in any way better than what it was before. Before he had a doctor for a wife who paid for everything. And now he has to work a minimum wage job and get no sleep and like slave away just so he can play this video game. Like yeah. he already had the girl though. I feel like maybe okay, maybe this is it for me. If instead of putting, if instead of being his wife or girlfriend or whoever yeah. that was, if Florence Pugh was a woman he abducted yeah. and put in the simulation, then I would understand. It's like, oh, this guy's a creep, yeah. and he stole a woman because he wanted to be with her. Yeah. But in real life, he was already with her, and then yes. he just wanted them to live in an older town. <laughs> like, it, well, here's yeah. the th- here's my thought on it, and this is where. I think I give it higher marks than you yeah. probably would. So in the movie, right, she is like a doctor, correct? Yes, she's and a she, surgeon. She's, she's a surgeon and she comes back home and he has just been on He's a Well, he does something on his computer. That's yeah. his job. He's a Discord mod. He's a Discord mod. <laughs> and he looks tough. Harry yeah. looks tough. As a straight man, Harry's a pretty attractive man. He's a really bad actor. He's a <laughs> he's not a he's not a great actor. Um coming home to um a wife who I think typically makes him feel emasculated. Yeah, I think which that's is a the point. flip on the traditional gender norm. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Like, I what, guess that's the the point of what they're trying to do or whatever. But But I think the symbolism, like the thing she's hallucinating later in the movie, obviously like as the movie goes on, she begins to wake up more and more. I think that's part of it. I think that's why she's hallucinating, even though it never explains that. That is my headcanon for being able to explain that. There are other things like symbolism, like, oh, symbolism, like the ballerina stuff. That is a piece of symbolism that I think is shoehorned in, but is good symbolism would have been really good had they actually found a useful purpose for the symbolism. Fair. Where, okay, a ballerina, right? Somebody who, like, exemplifies beauty and grace because they are disciplined and they require strict control um, and... Are you you rating a movie currently? (laughs) I'm looking at what I had it rated at so that I would know what number to give it. Um, but they only exhibit um, beauty and grace because they are disciplined and are under very high scrutiny for their mistakes. And they are um, expected to um, – uh, what's the what's the word? Um, parade is not the word I'm looking for. Um, they're, they're trophy wives. They're trophy wives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They are expected to contribute to the dance that is whatever they're doing, which requires hard work and dedication and and, and high scrutiny. They're expected to be part of the ruse. Yes, of this, they're expected to this. be perfect, and by perfection, yeah. they are seen as beautiful. And See, graceful. and this is the thing that I it had so much potential because the setting is great. Yeah, Th- that setting is works just to be creepy. A fifties town is a perfect creepy set. Like Wandavision is a great example yeah. of that setting used to a T, where something's not right. It's clearly some kind of simulation, and you don't know what's going on. That's great. I think might, part of that might just come from the fact that that feeling of creepiness comes from Twilight Zone being a ubiquitous cultural thing, and it just yeah. actually was came out in that time period. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think another thing for me is just that it would have been really good if it was executed better. Because the other thing that I didn't mention is just some of the writing I thought was really sloppy. Like how at the end, when the twist happens... Olivia Wilde herself comes in and explains it to the audience because <laughs> like, she's a character and yeah. she comes in and just word vomits to Florence Pugh. This is what's happening. And then the rest of the women 
like Chris Pine's wife randomly has a change of heart and kills him. Spoiler. So like things like that where I'm like, well, that felt random and out of nowhere was what brought it down for me. But it's not terrible. Yeah. I think I'd probably give it like a 69. Nice. Um, I don't remember what I originally rated it when we had talked about it. I'm probably going to give it a 48. Okay. I liked so it see, more that, than I didn't. That's not too far apart. Yeah. Our ratings aren't too far apart. So Yeah. All right. The next. So that was your number 11. 17. 17. You want me to do two more real quick yeah. that I don't have to talk about? Uh, 16 is Death on the Nile. Um, the Agatha Christie based one. Uh, you know, the remake of the old Death on the Nile. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 58. And it was it was fine. I guessed, I guess, I'd never read the book. I'd never seen the original. And I guessed it 20 minutes in, the okay. whole the whole plot. Okay. But I was watching it with a whole group of people and no one else guessed it. So I think that just was a lucky, like, luck on my part. I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm not saying I'm Hercule Poirot or uh, Daniel Craig. I'm not a murder mystery genius. I just, for some reason, was able to get this one. But it was fine. It was a little bit too much CGI and it looked very fake, which is weird. I guess, a, did you see Jungle Cruise? I saw trailers. Trailers. I only saw trailers. But the way that looks, where it's like there's not like a lot of action going on, but it's clearly all CGI. It jungly. looks like Jumanji 2. Yes. that that's Death on the Nile looks just like Jumanji 2, okay. the whole thing. It's like a modern blockbuster where they film the whole thing in a green screen. Where they go to a foreign location only in CGI. Yes, exactly. That's what it looked like. So it, it just took me out of it. I was like, this is just, I'm watching a, a cash grab. You know what movie looked better than probably that as well as Jumanji 2? I mean, like, visually looked better, even though that movie sucked, A. Transformers 2. Dude, I don't remember any of the Transformers movies, but I hate them all. I don't think they're necessarily good mo- good movies. I think objectively they're not good movies. I don't hate them. I just I've only seen the first one and the fourth one with Mark Wahlberg. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I th- I I'm astounded by how good those movies look. Like the fact that I can look at a a car transform into a man robot hybrid that is Dude, twenty feet tall. Those movies and are go, great. That looks really good. And that movie was made in two thousand and ten. I could go that's actually shocking. Those movies are great because they're not organic material. CGI looks great when it's filming like metal when you're yeah. like creating metal or stone or yeah. water even. Yeah. Water can look great. Um but people Scorpion King. People are tough. Yeah, people are tough, and if you guys uh, go even to like the new corridor Indi- crew, they talk <laughs> yeah, plenty yeah, exactly. about that. Yeah, even the new Indiana Jones trailer, that like Harrison Ford <laughs> on the horse. Forgot about that. Yeah. Harrison Ford on the horse looks terrible. Looks bad. Um, and that's that's funny. Whenever you get into the message of of message versus theme, when you talk about a movie like Transformers, that has neither. That has no message. It has no theme. It is only there for like vision yeah, it has neither it has, it has neither. Not, it is only there for visionary purposes you're there to watch it and be entertained speaking of only movies, entertainment <laughs> speaking of is, movies that only exist wait go ahead i was just gonna say it's spielberg nails he he's the goat there's he no actually, way to sum it up he he's actually the is the goat i mean he takes all the aspects that he aspires to thing, be and all the and things that other all. people excel at better than him yes but he condenses them all and and distills in, them all into, into the, the perfect movie into the quintessential forms of all of those things throughout his movie right? he is the filmmaker yeah it's like if you were gonna pick i don't even know it's like if you're gonna pick one what's another art form i don't even know it's hard to do right yeah. like it's hard to even think of another example, but like in songwriting, there's all these genres and there's people that are great at lyrics. There's people yeah. that are great at chord progressions or great at harmonies or whatever. Yeah. And then if you were to find a songwriter, uh, I guess this is much more subjective because it's music, right? Yeah. For me, it's Jeff Lynn. He's the guy that he doesn't do it. He doesn't do lyrics better than Bob Dylan. Yeah. He doesn't do harmonies better than uh little river band. little river band right he doesn't do all those things the best yeah but he takes the best of each of those people and distills them into the perfect pop song for me that yeah. i'm like you nailed it and that's what spielberg does with movies and he learns the ratio of what to do with exactly. all of those things yeah exactly and and he does that while also being visually captivating yes 
and they're Michael Bay only knows how to be visually capital captivating, and that's why you don't talk about his movies after you watch them because there's <laughs> no, nothing to think about. <laughs> yeah, nobody has ever sat and talked about a yeah, Transformers. You can movie. talk about ET. People still talk about ET. A Jaws. Yeah. Any uh, Indiana Jones movie. Dude, I still, I, I think the ones that the Spielberg movies that probably affected me the most were probably Close Encounters and BFG. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Ready Player One. No, <laughs> um, probably uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. And I mean, Indiana, the first Raiders, definitely. Yeah. But other than that, probably honestly, Saving Private Ryan. Saving, saving Private Ryan and like Schindler's List. Like he knows yeah, how to Schindler's chase List. after an idea of like with Saving Private Ryan. Like there are themes in that movie. Yeah. And he knows how to chase after the idea of a thematic movie while distilling down his he components. He distills it to the perfect like. What it needs to be to yes. pursue. Yeah, it, like he He's actually the master. Is, He's the he is the greatest filmmaker of all time. Yeah, there's I nobody compared. He's not my favorite. <laughs> no, he's, he's not my favorite. He's the best. Yes. There's nobody like him. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, it's like, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the, the comparison again, just in a different way. And I honestly kind of contrary now that I'm saying it out loud, Bob Dylan I, is the greatest songwriter of all time. Sure. I'm with you, but I'm not going to listen to his music. No. And and like not I'm, I I take that back. I'm not gonna choose to listen to his music because he's not my favorite artist, and he has influenced so many people that some other people have found out how to do specific things about it better. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Bob Dylan's one of those guys that I think he's one of the most talented songwriters, if not the best songwriter of the 20th century. And, unless you but, talk about the song Hurricane, where he says the <laughs> N word. Oh, does he do that? Yeah. Well, well. But he's one of those guys that I will always listen to other people's versions of his songs before him. Yeah. But all that to say, Spielberg's great, and we're not talking about Spielberg. But we're talking about <laughs> Death but, on the Nile. But <laughs> no, but I was going to use that as a transition. You were talking about Michael Bay and how yes. he only knows how to do things that are just eye candy, right? Yeah. Speaking of movies that are just eye candy without any themes, I, the next movie on my list, number fifteen, is Avatar Two: Way of the Water. Okay. And uh, before you talk about that, I just want to say in Bob Dylan's defense. <laughs> <laughs> The song was written in 19 I'm sorry, released in 1976. He was not using it in a derogatory sense. He was using it in a storytelling perspective about an oh. era where that word was used well, that, that's frequently fine. and the fact that it was written in that era. So yeah. he wasn't using it derogatorily. I just want to say that's that fine. to that's his like, credit, that's even like though the, I don't care about him as a person. That's like uh Tarantino writing the N word in all his movies. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's the characters are saying that on him, yeah. Um, which is hilarious. In the last episode, we talked about Spike Lee. Spike Lee hates Tarantino because he thinks he's racist. But every African American actor that's been in a Tarantino movie, like Samuel L. Jackson, goes to and and uh, Jamie uh, Jamie Fox goes to bat for for Quentin Tarantino so hard against Spike Lee, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, all that to say, the next movie on my list is Avatar Two. I give this movie a 58. It was solid. Well, hold on. No. No, no, no. I give this movie a 50. A 50, exactly. The first Avatar, I gave a 51. I think this one was slightly better. And when I say there's no themes, I'm really lying. The first Avatar had no themes. It No, I'm re still really lying. The first Avatar had tons of themes. They just were very simplistic, environmental, and like generic hero story themes. Yeah. Avatar 2 is much richer in terms of themes. It is all about family and the nuclear family and loyalty and betrayal. And it's, it's actually much richer in terms of the emotional content. And I'm sure I haven't seen it, and, but I'm sure it probably dives into the theme of um, outgrowing one's old self. Probably like renewal, yeah, like growth all, and yes, renewal and all that stuff facing and revenge and, and all confrontation that confrontation of old self and whaling the whaling industry. <laughs> <laughs> of course, so, yeah, because it's James Cameron. It's all about the environment. Um, Avatar two was better than the first one. I think I've come to the point where I can say it was okay. better than the first one. You know, bold take. I haven't watched it, but I respect it. But the first one was okay. That's not like a huge high bar. Yeah. The the first Avatar movie is a it's a gimmick. 
it's a novelty movie. It's not like groundbreaking. The thing that's groundbreaking about it is the visual effects. The fact that it was all CGI and this groundbreaking technology. It was a, a show-off movie like Star Trek 1. It was there to show off the special effects. The plot itself was very generic. You know, The second one, here's what I'll say about the second one. The first one was just solid, okay, all the way through. It was a generic sci-fi movie with some cool special effects, and I enjoyed it, and it was a little too long. Yeah. Uh, 51, right? Right in the middle. Avatar 2 had higher highs and lower lows. The stuff that was dumb about it was so much dumber than anything in the first one. The first, like, third, first, half, I don't know how much, half hour to 45 minutes of, the, of this second movie was so dumb and I thought it was going to be a terrible movie. And then it got really good. And the stuff that was really good about this movie was better than anything in the first movie. And then, again, there were some things at the end that were stupid. But overall, it was a more engaging and okay. better. I won't say better better written. I'll say more complex. There was more okay. to work with, right? The first one, you don't more have More substance. More sub, way more substance. And you care way more character development. The first one had no character development of anyone. No, nobody changed. Man the bad guy, can't walk. Yeah, and he stays the same man. the whole time. And Sigourney yeah. Weaver stays the same the whole time. And the bad guy stays the same the whole time. They're just the same. <laughs> the character arcs are: man can't walk, now can walk. Man, <laughs> yes. woman is alive, now is dead. <laughs> yes, those are the character arcs. This one had really complex character arcs, but also some really cringy writing and bad yeah. writing at times. So, and Michelle and Rodriguez's downs. character is can fly helicopter for military, now can fly <laughs> helicopter for native people. Yes. Um, and also in the Avatar 2, there was a Mowgli, Mowgli character, you know, Mo- yeah, I remember like you talking raised about by wolves yes. kind of guy. Uh, not that the not that the Navi are wolves. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to offend any <laughs> Navi this out there. This was allegorical, please. Yes. And he's, his character sucks. He's the worst actor in the movie, and he should not even be in it. He contributes nothing to the plot except to be motivation for another character who also should not be in the movie. So there's some really bad stuff. But overall. Rem- remind me to talk about Dances with Wolves. Well, it's the same movie. Hmm. As Avatar 1. Yeah. Anyway, um, all that to say, Avatar 2 is marginally better than the first one. And the visual effects, which is the whole reason the movie exists, so why even talk about the plot? The visual effects are stunning. They are way better than the first one, which I in the trailers, I thought they were, I thought they looked worse, honestly. Yeah. But no, it really is a visual uh, achievement. It's a masterpiece in terms of the technology that was used to create this weird movie that nobody cared about except James Cameron. So solid. And what would you rate it? 50. That's your venom. Yeah. Avatar two is my venom. (laughs) All right. Cool. Cause avatar one is a 51. It is actually, wait, 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 hold on. If it's marginally worse, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Wait, 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 hold on. I have them both. Okay, I have to do some math. I'm sorry. I was wrong. It's not my Venom. For it to be my Venom, it would have to be rated two and a half stars. I have it rated, I've I've rated it at three stars. I liked it more than I disliked it. Okay. Meaning that's a 40. So Avatar 2 is a 40 and Avatar 1 is a 41. Okay. You're... Consistent and willing to I'm willing to change retro yes. like retroactively change so, based on 40. Avatar so, Two is a forty. I respect that. Um, Dances with Wolves, which you had just stated, is the same movie, and well, Avatar is teaching different morals. It's not focusing on the same subjects. It essentially has the exact, exact same storyline, which is also the same storyline as Pocahontas, I guess. Right. Where in the sense that there is somebody, the main character is moving into an environment that is not his natural environment and moving into a group of peoples that is native to the area. Um, and then where the difference lies is that with Avatar, it's the, the message is nature. And the importance of and the lack of importance of humanity within nature and the ego that is 
we should reign supreme over it by dominating it, mm-hmm. much like Sauron. Whereas Dances with Wolves, I think, becomes, and as a Native American, uh, becomes, um, it suffers from the same thing that uh, Green Book suffers from, in that I'm not the bad guy, I'm the good guy now because I learned how to not be racist. And that's kind of the message. It I'm, There's more themes to that. I'm going to be real. The last time I watched that was in ninth grade. And it took three hours of say, my ninth grade th- evening. So Yeah. I will also say I do think that Dances with Wolves is purely uh, – Dances with Wolves is much more like the cultural, racial focus. Yeah. There's none of that environmental stuff really. Yeah. But – Avatar, according to James Cameron, ha- is an, it, the main theme is the environmental stuff. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If it was just for my money, Avatar and Dances with Wolves are the same movie. Yeah. And Pocahontas kind of. Yeah. But James Cameron says Avatar is about um, environmental stuff. I would never have picked up on that just watching the movie because it's just like an action sci-fi movie. Yeah. And yeah, the bad guys are the humans and they're like – mining on a foreign planet for some resource so there's like all that there's like the middle east connection there's and there's also you know like with the oil and then there's yeah, also yeah. like the vietnam connection with like the just the visual like the invading the jungle native people because we want something you know yeah. um or we want to and there was the whole he even in the first movie he even said winning their hearts and minds he even made a comment about that just like the cold war stuff but uh uh, that stuff really, though, is like James Cameron. When you watch interviews with him, he thinks he's making like a really deep thought piece movie almost on one hand. And then the other hand, he knows he's not because he'll say stuff like, yeah, when I wrote the script for Avatar, I didn't have anything in mind. I just wanted to think of everything cool I could put into a movie. And I put it all into one movie. He said that. He said everything in Avatar is just the coolest stuff I could think of. And that's the whole movie is an excuse to make that stuff. So he, I'm sure he's self-aware, but then he also, in some interviews, he acts like he's making some environmental like rally movie. Yeah. So I'm sure what's happening is he had a cool idea and I'm sure this was uh, the same exact story for the first avatar. He had a cool idea and then said, Oh, here are some themes to tie together. And then made some the the changes. Yeah, that's necessary. for sure what happened. Which I think is how most movies are written. I'm writing a script right now. Spoiler yes. alert for a movie that hopefully will come out someday if I sell it. Um, that would be really cool, though. That would it? be cool. That would be really cool. If not, it's gonna. It's, I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna make it as good as I can, and it's gonna sit on my shelf, and I'll give it to my grandkids. Yeah. Um, but it, the same thing happened for me, which happens uh, from every interview I've seen with any sc- screenwriter. Is what how it always happens. Yeah, is that you write the plot, and then the story comes. Like, or maybe that's a bad way to put it, but the themes come out in the revision. So, like, Tarantino talked about writing Res- Reservoir Dogs and how the scene between Mr. White and Mr. Pink when Mr. White or Mr. Wait, no, not Mr. Pink, Mr. Or wait, when Tim Roth is when Tim Roth is dying in Harvey Keitel's arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're having that heart-to-heart. And Harvey Keitel yeah. doesn't know Tim Roth is the cop. Yeah. Um, he says when he wrote that, it was just the characters talking to each other. And then in the revision, he realized that the theme of this scene is actually that it's like a father-son kind of thing. Because he took him under his wing and there's this whole relationship there. So it's like a father-son heart-to-heart, which is that relationship is really the heart of that story. And he didn't yeah. realize that when he was writing it. But as he's revising it, that theme came out. Which, again, goes to show the effects of being very skilled at writing a good movie in that that theme becomes so much more uh, deep. It, be, it, it becomes enriched when you find out the the twist to Tim Roth's character yes. and that he had yes. been betraying that character it's a the whole well, time. It's such a well-written movie. Yes. Reservoir Dogs is the best. Great first swing. I think it's Home the run. second best Tarantino movie behind Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is controversial because that's not most people's favorite, but that's my favorite. You know, what, you want to know what? Hmm. This is not con, uh, controversial. 
one of the lowest rated Tarantino movies. And I'm, I think I'm standing with the masses in this one. It's probably Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I meant to say this in the last movie. Nope is 100% Jordan Peele's Jackie Brown. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not what anyone expected. It's like the guy had two home runs right out the gate. Yes. Home runs. And then instead of doing what everybody wanted and expected, he decided to completely curveball and give them something weird that they didn't want. Yes. That's still really good, which, which is bo- what Jackie Brown is. In both cases, I liked both of those movies. Yeah. And that means if it follows the same trend... I'm gonna I'm gonna fall in love with Jordan Peele in the next twenty years. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. that tells me he has a bright future ahead of him because he's willing to do something he knows won't be everybody's favorite. He's yes. willing to do what he wants to do, and that that tells me he has a bright future. All that to say, um, I meant to say, so I meant to say that in the last episode, and then what were we just talking about that brought us to that? What movie were we talking? Oh, Reservoir Dog. Oh, we're talking about my movie and how I was saying the same thing. That's just how good writing happens. Yeah. Because I I wrote the treatment for the story, and then I realized I came to the realization about some themes afterward yeah. that I didn't know were there to begin with, and then I realized this is probably what this whole movie's about, and what I subconsciously was wanting it to be about. All that to say, that's not important, and we really need to book it through the rest of these because we're already like forty minutes in. Yeah. Okay. You do another two. I'll do. Uh, right. Well, no, I'll do one. do one. You do another like two or three. All three. I'll do three. My four. number 11 was Wakanda Forever. I haven't seen it, so you and tell us. This is a significant jump in quality now in rating. Um, don't worry, darling. Um, move down on the list. Oh, what was after- the rating for that? 40-something? 40 40-something. 40 I don't know. You figure it out. I think you said 48. 48. That sounds right. Um, <coughs> which so is Better a- than Venom. Better than Venom. Um uh, a good jump upwards. Again, I'm a passive movie go- moviegoer. If you don't write a garbage movie, I'm probably going to like it for the most part. And if you really put some thought into it, I'm probably going to love it in some sense. Um, so don't worry, darling. Probably a 48. I don't remember what I said. I'm going to be real. We took a break that was like 15 minutes long. So Hey, don't show them the man behind the curtain, man. They, <laughs> they, the audience has to think this is all one sitting. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz wants you to believe that um, I like to sit here for an hour straight. By the way, Wizard of Oz, probably like a 22. The Wizard of Oz is really good. There was a Wizard of Oz poster in Family Video that hung up forever for sale that I wanted to buy, and then they went out of business, so I really missed out. What would you rate The Wiz? Never watched it. All right. Seems neat. Uh, Wakanda Forever uh, probably sits around a 40, somewhere there. I'm going to say 40. Same as Avatar 2 for me. Yeah, I, I'm not like, I didn't dislike it. Um, but I'm also just not about Phase 4 Marvel. Like, I don't care anymore. I think we're getting to the point where Star Wars and Marvel are so oversaturated that I don't have enough left in me to want to pursue what they have to offer. I like what was original. I like uh, some of the stuff that continue to build onto that. And the higher we get to the heavens, uh, the tower begins to fall. And I <laughs> and our languages are confused. And I don't know what the story's about anymore. And I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> and try to t- if you try to talk to me, I don't know what you're trying to say. Um, Wakanda Forever was I. I think I don't. I didn't dislike. I liked it, um, but it just wasn't a movie that struck me. And I think. Did some, I, I genuinely think, did some injustices to itself. I think it. Uh, wow. You're welcome. Sorry, Emery. Harris. <laughs> she was the only person I knew that commented on my burping. Also, I'm also, sorry. I'm sorry, Megan. I love you. Also, Emery. Remember Zachariah's wife? Oh, yes. I, Emery. Listen, if you're listening to this, you knew it was going to happen again. I know we haven't met. But we've made it 40 something minutes into this episode without it, so. Yeah. She should be impressed. Yes. So if you signed on for this episode and you knew it was going to happen one day, then this yeah, is just part of the story, balls. babe. This is miss. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think Black Panther um, did a good job of being a term that I probably didn't. I know I didn't coin 
black centric. Like it is primarily and almost exclusively African American portrayed. And that's great. I think it's awesome. I think it brings inclusivity to uh, Hollywood and to the big screen. Um, now, I don't remember what I was going to say, so I'm just going to say it was a good movie, and it just wasn't something that struck me as something that is going to go down in the, the Hall of Fame. You, yeah. It's Coming not- from a guy who... Did strongly disliked the first Black Panther because I thought it was the most yeah. generic movie I'd ever seen. Uh, I have no interest in watching the second one. I've heard it's good, but I just it's not. And th- my disinterest doesn't just come from the fact that I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. It comes from the fact that I'm so done with Marvel that I don't care. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a fault of the film. It's a fault of Marvel that I don't care about exactly. It's not indicative of what they, the intent that was behind the movie and uh, what they wanted to portray. Actually, you know what? I'm going to bump it up to, I'm going to bump it up to a 38 because, spoiler alert, (laughs) I'm sorry for your ears. I'm not. I don't care. Um, They did something in the mid-credits scene that really made me appreciate the way that they approached um, an actor's passing at the at the beginning they did it uh, they also did it at the beginning where they didn't CGI in Chadwick Boseman and they dealt with his death in a very appropriate manner and then at the end they honored it they brought in a new yeah. character Isn't that it? is his son who is also named Prince T'Challa and I thought that was very honoring I thought yeah, it's it was, definitely a lot more tactful than CGI Grand Moff Tarkin into a scene for and I love Rogue One. Rogue One was fantastic, but I despise that or like CGIing Harold Ramis into Ghostbusters Afterlife. Anyway, I think the Star Wars movies go four, five, six. No, 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 no. No, I'm lumping them together. Oh, I get you. Original yeah, trilogy. Original first. trilogy, three, and then I'm gonna say probably Rogue One, and then I don't care about I don't care about listing my ranking after that. You I'm can say, deal with it. We'll do a Star Wars ranking sometime. We've yeah. already talked about the prequels and the sequels and what. No, we talked about the sequels, not the prequels. Yeah, and we probably talked about this uh, during our second episode where we talked about the Samurai and Cowboys. We definitely did. Star Wars is integral to our ourselves so yeah. we're going to talk about it all the time but i i just have to contradict you because i have to it goes five four three six okay for me five four three six seven rogue one <clears throat> one two nine eight i respect it but solo's in there somewhere in the middle um, as far as the first four rankings of yours go, I actually agree because I did a whole uh, yeah, you did speech your final about speech it. on that. Yeah. I did my my uh, final speech in communications on the fact that three is critically and should be socially accepted as better than episode six. Yeah, Re- Return of the Jedi is great only because of the conclusion. Yes. And, but it's not a great movie because the as far as pacing goes, the middle chunk of Re- yeah. Return of the Jedi is just them hanging out with the Ewoks, telling stories, waiting for something to happen. <laughs> it's, wow. It's very boring. All right. We got to book it. Um, Sorry, Emery and Megan. Um, anything else to say about Black Panther? Oh, can I say this, by the way? 38, I liked it. it uh, this is a related to the Marvel being oversaturated thing. People and, and related to Avatar, which I just talked about. I have hated on Avatar for so many years, even though I think it's good. 41, right? Um, I've hated on it for so long because it's. I think it's the highest grossing movie of all time for no reason. It's. I think it's stupid that that movie is the highest grossing ever. It's not, a, it's not that groundbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that Avatar is that highest grossing is a cheat. It wasn't. Its original box office run did not gross that much money. And already, Way of Water is like number seven. Yeah. and it, But the original only got climbed that high because of re-releases and re-releases and 3D releases and 
etc etc same with titanic titanic climbed up into the top 10 all the way to like number two because james cameron keeps re-releasing it um way of the water is up there but it's again james cameron is the jimmy buffett of filmmakers <laughs> he's a me- <laughs> he's a mediocre he's talent a but he's a genius businessman yes yeah um that's how I think of James Cameron. And so it's the same thing. It's not that groundbreaking, but it always bugged me that it if on list, it's technically the highest grossing. And even if you adjust for inflation, which I think you have to do, it goes Gone with the Wind, Star Wars, and then Avatar. It's still right there. It, it's right there. It might even be above Star Wars now. Um, and that bugs me. Yeah. But then I read an article about how those numbers are artificially inflated to sell more tickets. This is actually really interesting. The studios do this on purpose. The studios want every new movie to be the highest grossing movie of all time or one of them because then they can say that on posters and more people will see it. So they, the studios do not care if it's honest. They don't care about preserving film history and the actual truth. They care about selling tickets and they know that if they say that than it is and so they won't clarify about adjusting for inflation or whatever and here's the thing even adjusting for inflation doesn't work because ticket prices in reference to inflation fluctuate like crazy um like for example 1969 i think a movie ticket was the equivalent of five dollars today but or seven dollars today but a few years later the (sighs) mid 70s a movie ticket's equivalent today was like only $4. So it dropped, even though the inflation rose, if you're actually adjusting for movie ticket prices, then it rose. So that tells us that if we had, the way to tell actually how big of a cultural impact something had and and where like where a movie falls on that, you have to adjust not for inflation only, but for ticket prices. <sighs> Please stop. I'm very sorry, Emory. I just drink a diet Shasta. <laughs> Those will do it. All right. So listen, Joe. Yes. If you adjust for inflation and ticket prices so that you're actually estimating how many people saw the movie and the cultural impact it had in yes. theaters, Avatar is not even on the top 15. Yeah. Neither is Titanic. Star Wars has it by a mile. Star Wars and Gone with the Wind are ahead of the pack. No, and it's not even close. Yeah. And then the next 10 are like Spielberg movies and Dr. Zivago. It's like nothing. And 10 yeah. commandments. You know what I mean? It's like, so all that to say, Marvel inflates the numbers to sell more tickets. It's, it's really hard to want to give the credit to, to a movie that feels more trendy than it is. Um, like revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. there, there are movies. They feel trendy. They don't feel like they're groundbreaking. Exactly. Yeah, there are movies like Star Wars or Gone with the Wind that are, um, that carry cultural significance, and you want to give them the credit if they carry if they affected the industry that much. Then you're like, oh, they earned the fact that they are that blank whatever most grossing movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if somebody comes right out of the gate and they're like, oh, it's the third most grossing movie of all time adjusted for inflation, but the movie is okay, then you don't want to give it the credit because look at the other two movies that worked so hard to change the industry. For sure. Yeah. Do we want to rush through the rest of these? Let's rush through these. How long have we been talking? Uh, How long have we been recording? Because it's already 1220. An hour. We're an hour in. Okay. So we took a 10 minute break earlier. Okay. We can split this into two. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been recording for an hour. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Do you want to do the rest or do you want to what? What do we want to do here? Um, because I can I can give you three very quickly without saying much about them. Good. Do that. The next movie, number 14 on my list, is Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. It was fine. It was cute. It was a Marvel thing. There was lots of... It was very cheaply made, but it was James Gunn. So whatever. Next, 13 Lives. My number 13 is 13 Lives, which is kind of funny. I didn't even do that on purpose. Directed by Ron Howard, little Opie himself. Cool, cool. It's, do you remember when those Thai soccer players fell yes. in the cave? And Elon Musk got mad at a guy on Twitter because they didn't want to use his submarine? Yeah. It's about that. It's about the soccer players trapped in the cave for so long and the rescue. And Aragorn plays the guy who has – Hidalgo rescues them. And uh, is Hidalgo Aragorn or the horse? Uh, I think it's the horse. 
Like Secretariat? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, what about Seabiscuit? Is that the horse or is that Tobey Maguire? That is also the horse. Okay, so all these movies are named after the horse, including <laughs> Spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That movie is good. It was a great, like, high-intensity biopic. Next, Doctor Strange. I'm not going to say anything about it because we still plan on talking about it, but it was very good. Yes. It was, well, I'll take it back. It was good. Good. It was good. Not very good. It was good. And then right after that, number 11, I have Top Gun Maverick, which I thought was pretty great. And everybody raved over it this year, and it made a bunch of money, which, fair enough. I thought the plot was pretty generic, but it was okay. But it fit the story perfectly, because this movie was way better than the original. This was the a, a legacy reboot, legacy sequel, whatever you call it, yeah. that is the rare example of one being better than the original, because the original Top Gun is mid at best. This one was really yeah. good and had real planes, and it made my little boy brain go, woo! So it was very, planes. Yeah, planes. That was very cool. Yeah, so. uh, and it was all real, practical, very cool. So do you have 10 left? I still have 10 left. Do we want to hey, save them? Perfect, because I also have 10 left. Hey, let's save them. Let's save them. Hey, everybody, you need to tune in next week so that you can get cooler than you are. Because I see you in those sweatpants and you look lame. Joe, say goodbye. Goodbye. No, give them a, a more, well, like a more thorough goodbye. Well, yeah! Howdy! Goodbye. Thanks for stopping by.